0: excited about message today. And I must admit, this is not a word that has been just stewing on the inside of me for weeks and months, Uh, but it is something that I felt led here just at the end of this week uh, to minister today. And I believe it's a timely word for us all as a church, uh, because you are starting to see what happens when people hunger after God. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today is hungering after God. Amen. The setting today, you can... We've been standing a long time. You can remain seated. Uh, The the setting of of the story today, I had you turn to 2 Kings, the 7th chapter, is, is the fact that Syria... Somebody say Syria. Syria, it tells us in chapter... 6, that they have besieged Samaria, which is the capital city of the northern kingdom of Israel. And Israel is surrounded. They are surrounded. And it tells us in verse 25 of, of chapter 6 that there was a great famine in Samaria, that there were people who were hungry. They were desperate for food. But within the city the people's desperation—it drove them to do sickening things. They were so desperate they they did some some horrific things. We'll get to some of that here in a little bit, but they they partook of things that, trust me, you would not want to partake in. They ate of things that you would not want to eat. And so chapter six kind of tells us that it sets that foundation, and then chapter seven. I'm going to start at verse 3. It tells this story that, that there were four lepers, four leprous men that were at the entry, entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? They're sitting at this gate, and they're, once again there's a famine. and They looked at each other and say, why, why sit we here until we die? They said, If we say we will enter into the city then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we also, or we die also. So it says, now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. Amazing revelation. That if they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, guess what's going to happen? We're going to die. So verse 5 tells us that they did what? They arose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. Remember, the Syrians who were surrounding them, the Syrians which had besieged them. And if you read, I encourage you to read chapter 6 and all of chapter 7 in the next day or two to get a little bit of more of the context, I'm not for time I'm not going to read all of this, but there's an amazing miracle that is happening here uh, with the prophet Elisha. But it tells us they rose up and they go to the camp of the Syrians, the ones who had besieged the city. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, in other words, right there in the middle where all the, the generals, where all the, the big head honchos should be in that place, It tells us that they beheld that there was no man there. There was no one there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. In other words, they heard things that were not physically there. They heard things, they heard noises, not from man, but from God. And those noises from God drove them out of that place. And they said one to another, verse 6, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired, hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore, they arose and they fled in the twilight. This being, being the Syrians. They, they fled and they left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was. And they fled for their life. In other words, these people that came to destroy the people of Israel, those people that came to take hold and that had these people under their grasp that was suffocating them. Because of them, there was a famine. The Lord came in. He swooped in and he worked it out for his people. And those same people that came to bring destruction, they fled for their lives. I don't know about you, but it's amazing when I think about what God does for his people. Amen? So when this happened, it tells us that these lepers in verse 8, when they came to the uttermost part of that camp, they went into one camp, or into one tent. And these lepers, who were starving, who were hungry, it tells us that they did eat. And they did drink. I'm just gonna keep on the same way that we've been talking about here. You know why they did eat and they did drink? It's because one day they got up and they took a step. And they took a step of faith. They said, I don't know exactly how this is gonna turn out, but I know if I stay here, it's not gonna be good. If I go back into the city, it's not going to be good. So I'm going to take a step forward in faith and put my life in the hands of a good God and see what He does. Amen? So today I'm going to ask this question. It's the question that they asked themselves. Why sit we here? (coughs) God bless. (coughs) Why? Sometimes you just want to be, just give a powerful title, and then the Lord, uh, something comes up and destroys the whole thing. <laughs> That's okay. Because of my message today is asking this question, why sit we here until we die? Why sit we here? Will you turn to somebody and ask that question today? Why sit we here? The Lord has provided today. Sister Dara always takes care of us. Thank you, Sister Dara, wherever she is over here. She takes care of us and always gets us water. And uh, sometimes we joke because she always gets me water and then I don't drink it. But uh, today I'm using it, so thank you so much. Someone say Greeland. Greeland. Oh, well, we can do a little better than that. Someone say, Greeland. Greeland. All right. Do you know what you just said? Does anybody in the room know what you just said? You didn't cuss, I promise you. What is Greeland? Well, I don't think it's in the Bible, but Greeland is something that we are all very familiar with. Greeland, in fact, is what gets preachers like me in trouble every Sunday morning. Greeland is what makes you want the preacher to preach just for like five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Greenland is what makes you want to get out of the door really fast. Greenland, in fact, is what makes your stomach growl. Does anybody have a growling stomach today? you might see a few hands in the room? Has anybody ever been in a real quiet situation and all of a sudden you hear <laughs> come on that was a pretty good uh, voice impression there I no I'm not a voice actor, I'm sorry has anyone ever been in that moment when it was real awkward and your stomach just began to growl Anybody? Anybody? Am I I the only one today? I've got a few hands here today. It feels like that my stomach growls in the most awkward situations, in the most random places. There's nothing like cutting someone's hair. And all of a sudden you hear that sound and you look around and say, was that you? Was that you? Well, knowing that it was you. um, Yeah, that's been me before. Greenland, it's Famously, know, you're going to remember what Greenland is today. You've learned something today at church. Um, amen. But it's famously known as the hunger hormone. And it's that thing that triggers the feeling of hunger in your body. It lets your body know, I'm hungry and I need to eat. I want to eat. Uh, Greenland is one of those things that people like me that are of larger size have no uh, deficiencies in. Uh, I've got plenty of Greenland, I believe, here today. Um, Greenland, it lets you know that you need to eat. High levels of that Greenland, it leads to an increased appetite. It leads to greater food intake. And uh, Greenland, I sometimes wish I had a little less of it. Um, And I wish that some of us in the room had a little less of it on Sunday morning during the message. But it's, it's 11.45 and it's almost lunchtime. And so, Greenland, uh, if you can feel it start to rise up in your, your stomach today, in your body today, I'm just going to ask you to put that on hold for a moment because I really believe God's got something for us today. Uh, but I'm not here just to talk about that. I'm not here just to talk about a physical hunger uh, that no doubt you will satisfy today, I'm sure, unless you're fasting. But on this day, I'm here to talk about another type of hunger. It's a spiritual hunger. It's a hunger after God. It's a hunger after the things of God. It's a hunger after Him, His Word. And so I ask you today, how high is your spiritual Greeland today? What is your hunger level? How hungry are you for God? How hungry, how thirsty? How much are you desiring God? How much are you desiring something new and fresh in your life? Are you living off of the hunger of days gone by? Are you living after a meal you experienced way back in time, back in 75 or back in 95 or in 2005? Are you living off of your meal from yesteryear? Are you, have you been satisfied yesterday or today on this Sunday morning in 2023? Are you still hungry? And thirsting after God. Matthew 5 and 6, this is Jesus speaking. He said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be. Not they might, but when you are hungry, when you are starving, when when you can't do anything else but just, just without thinking and picturing that meal, picturing that thing that you want, that you desire, you're driving down the road and all of a sudden the things that normally don't even sound good begin to sound good. Has anybody been there before. You're so hungry. What's, what's the next step that's going to happen? You're going to fill your belly right up. And when you hunger after Jesus Christ... When you hunger after God, the things of God, when when there is truly a hunger inside of you, that next step is not going to be towards the world. It's not going to be towards your past. It's not going to be towards any of those things. When you are absolutely, positively hungry for God, you will take a step in the right direction. The city of Samaria that we spoke on in our scripture text, it was surrounded, as I said, and Israel was under siege. It was such a crisis that, that they were running out of food. It was a famine. and So food was, was becoming more and more scarce. And they became desperate. They became hungry. They were so hungry that it tells us that for 80 pieces of silver, you could buy a donkey's head. For 80 pieces of silver, you could buy a donkey's head, and that's a lot of silver for the time. You could buy that, and it tells us they would peel the skin of that donkey's head, and they would cook that. And that's, that's how desperate they were to have anything to eat. It goes beyond that, even if that's not, not, not tasty enough for you. Um, it also says that they were so hungry that for five pieces of silver, You could buy a cup of dove's dung. Dove's waste, it says in verse 25. You could buy that for five pieces of silver. The thing is, is when you're hungry, if you don't fill that hunger with the right things, if you're spiritually hungry today, If you're spiritually hungry today and you choose not to fill that hunger with the right things, you will begin to feed on things that you never thought you would consume. Those people in Samaria, there was not a day, I think, as they were growing up that they said, you know what sounds good today? we've We've got all the meat we can handle. We've got fruit. We've got vegetables. I don't think that when they, when they had all the things that they needed, they said, you know what, really sounds good today. Let's go out and get that donkey and let's, uh, let, let's get that head and let's just put that on the kitchen table. I don't think they saw a dove flying by and they put out their bowls and said, let me catch what's about to come down. I, I don't think that there was a day when they had all they needed that they desired a donkey's head and a dove's dung for their supper. But there came a day, there came a time when, when they were desperate. There came a time where they had the food that they once had at Plenty was no longer in the cupboard. There was a time where a donkey's head and dove's dung was good eaten compared to whatever else was around. And I'm here to warn somebody. I'm here to warn somebody today because right now we are living in a time where there is so much available to us. There is so much blessing available to us. There is a God who is available to us. There is more blessing than you could ever hold on to that is available to us. But if we choose not to partake And that which is available now, there is coming a day where you'll be satisfied with, with, with a donkey's head and you'll be satisfied with a dove's dung because that's all you can have. And I warn you on this Sunday in 2023, while we still have hope, and a promise while the door is still wide open that today you partake of that which is available to you. That you partake of all the blessings of God that you come to a table. That you come to a table that the Lord has prepared for you. A table that He has and and, and right now these plates are empty. But if you can just vision it today, this is a table that is filled With everything you could ever desire or ever want. This table is filled with the blessings of God. It's filled with the anointing of God. It's filled with the things that are available to God's children. And right now there is still a seat available at that table. There is still a seat that is set for you. It doesn't matter what your background is. It does not matter what your career is. It does not matter how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't matter what color of your skin. This seat is available for you today. But I'm telling you, there is coming a day where this seat will be taken away. There's coming a day where that seat will no longer be available to you. There's coming a Sunday where there's not going to be a people here because we have gone home to be with our Father, to sit at another table, to partake of another another food and to partake of all those blessings that God has for you. But today there is still a seat available at the table. So today I encourage you to while this table is set and while the seat is open for you to get in that seat and partake of all that God has for you. And I believe that here right now, that if you do not direct the spiritual hunger, the spiritual hunger that you have to feed and hunger on spiritual things, those hungers, those hungers, those same hungers that are for God, those same hungers will direct you to the wrong things. If you don't partake of what God has for you, there'll be a day that you begin to feed on things. That you never thought you would feed on. You'll begin to try and. Bring fulfillment to a life. And fill your life with things. That do not bring fulfillment. During. COVID time period. In quarantine. I don't know if this was you. But for me I gained the the COVID-19. I I gained the COVID-50. I think unfortunately. And that's not a good thing. But. When you were locked in the house, <clears throat> I don't know if this was you, but all of a sudden, I began to just snack on things and emptied out the cupboards, and, and I was hungry, and so I thought, that bag of chips is going to fulfill the hunger. So I'd just feed on that, but I'd still be hungry. <laughs> now I'd feed on this, and I'd still be hungry. And I'd feed on this and still be hungry because I'm a big guy and I got a lot of Greelin in me. And, and, and the point is this, that you can fill yourself up with things and still not be fulfilled. There's a difference in filling yourself up and being fulfilled. And when you fill your life up with things on the internet, and when you fill your life with things that are just carnal, on carnal things, and you fill your life on things that, that, that just maybe for a moment give you happiness, but tomorrow give you despair. Those things will not ever bring you fulfillment. You can fill your time with them. You can fill your schedule. You can fulfill your life with them. But tomorrow you're going to wake up and hunger for something more, hunger for something of significance, hunger for something righteous, something that you need. Spiritually, you're dried. Spiritually, you're empty. Spiritually, you're dead. Because you're feeding yourself carnal things. In other words, you are feeding yourself donkey heads and you're feeding yourself dove's dung and you're wanting to still be fulfilled like you were at the seat that God has set for you at His table. When we don't take time to feed our our hunger for God, when we don't take time and we don't take steps and we stay sitting still. We still we, we remain in a place that we were never supposed to remain. We'll try and substitute the things of God for the junk of this world. We begin to substitute the promises of God for a second-hand knockoff that you can find out in the world. We'll try and satisfy with stuff that will never satisfy our soul. And I'm preaching to somebody I believe today that has been trying to fulfill your life with something of this world. You've been trying to fulfill your time with things of carnality and of worldly entertainment. And you've been filling your life with things that will never bring fulfillment. And I'm just here to say, push those things off your table. Get rid of those things. Get them away from your house. Get them off of your kitchen table. Donkey's heads and dove's dung is not for you. You are a child of God. You were created in his image. You are formed by the master builder and creator. You are clay in the hands of the greatest craftsman, the greatest potter that could ever be. And he did not create you to fill you with junk. And he does not make junk. Stop putting junk in your life. Stop putting junk in your vessel. Stop allowing a donkey's head to rest in the middle of your table. Stop allowing, stop allowing a dove's dung to occupy the space on your plate. Because God has so much more for you. God has so much more for somebody here today. You've grown satisfied, you've begin to like the taste of the donkey's head. You've begin to like the taste of Dove's feces. Maybe you've forgotten what it tastes like to partake of the, of the meal of the Lord, of the blessings of God. You've pushed back the plate so much from the things of God. And one day you got just a little bit of taste of a donkey's head. And at first, it was a little tough. But it'll do. Maybe you got a little bit of dove's dung. And you said, well, if I close my eyes, maybe it won't be so bad. If I don't picture what this is, I can stomach it down. And that's how it starts. It starts when you and I begin to be kind of satisfied with things that we never thought we would ever put in our bodies. And at first, we know we're not supposed to be eating a donkey's head. First, we know we're not supposed to be eating dove's dung, but it's on the table. And we're hungry. It's available to us. It's one click away. It's one bar down the road. No one else will see me do it. My family won't. I'm going to eat it real fast where no one else sees me. I can eat the donkey's head and still come to church and nobody will know it. I can eat the dove's dung and still lift my hands on Sunday morning and nobody will know it. I can... I can put the donkey's head in my life at home, but when I step out the door, nobody will know what I just did. And all of a sudden, that thing that you once just barely stomached down, that thing that you once gave just a little little entrance into your life, you, you open the door just a little bit for the server to come in and put... Donkey's head on the table. You crack the door just a little bit, but more and more, you're giving more room for your enemy to come with a plate of donkey's head. Every day, you're opening the door just a little bit more for the enemy to come in with now just a with a buffet. Donkey's head and dove's dung, and nasty things. You you've what once started with just a little taste now has become a buffet. What once began with just Stomaching it down now has become a craving. And you've been so convinced now that donkey's head and dove's dung taste good. The enemy has convinced you that if it's available, why not? And you fed so much on donkey's heads and dove's dung that you've forgotten the fruit that was available at the table of the Lord. You've forgotten the sweetness. You've forgotten that fulfillment. You've forgotten that water that quenches a thirst. You've forgotten the meat that is available. You've forgotten the taste. You've forgotten what it was like. You've forgotten You've forgotten because over and over, day after day you reached for what had become one day one day it was it was it wasn't familiar but another day it became very familiar. One day it wasn't comfortable but another day it became very comfortable and you became very comfortable with the things of, of our enemy with the food that he supplies. That you've forgotten what God has for you. You see, we try and normalize the sin in our life. We try and normalize the donkey's head. We try and normalize the dove's dung. I know I'm being being graphic today, but it's true. We, we like to normalize the things that are not of God and are not normal. They're normal in the world, but they're not normal for you. They're not normal for a king's child. They're not normal for one that was made in the image of God. They are not for you. The enemy wants to say, everyone else is eating donkey's head. Everyone in Samaria is having dove's dung. It's a a good thing, but I'm here to tell you that, that, that it's not for you. It's not for you. God has so much more for you. And if you've gotten used to eating donkey's head and if you've gotten used to eating dove's dung, I'm here to tell you today, those things can still be thrown off your table. Those things can still be eradicated out of your life. Those things do not have to become the norm for you. God has so much more for you. I'm here to tell you there is still a seat At the king's table for you. There's still a seat available for you. Don't let the devil convince you that that seat is no longer available. Don't let him convince you that that seat is for everyone else. Don't let him convince you that that seat, that that seat, That that seat is for someone that is not you. That seat is for you. It tells us in our story once again in 2 Kings 7 that those lepers, those lepers were outside the city. Those lepers were outcasts of society. They lived at the city gate, forbidden to go within due to their disease. Within the city, we've talked about it, To much degree today, they were eating what they were eating. But these men weren't even in the city. It was much worse for them. There was a famine, and they just got by on just whatever scraps fell to them. Whatever the scraps of people that were eating a donkey's head, that's what they got. So they're sitting at the city gate hungry. Spiritually speaking, Their lives were falling apart. Their physical bodies as lepers were falling apart, but spiritually their lives were falling apart. The law made them outsiders. They were outcasts. They were told you're not even important enough to be on the inside with the rest of us. You stay here on the outside. You stay here. And I'm here to tell someone, don't let the enemy tell you that you're not good enough to be on the inside. Don't let the enemy tell you that you have to be. You have to stay on the outside. That you're just an outsider. We're here to make insiders out of outsiders at Westminster Apostolic Church. We're here to open the door to anyone that shall come. But what I found out is that sometimes the least likely people are the most hungry people. Sometimes it's the people that are overlooked. That's the people that are underappreciated. They're told they're not talented enough. They're told they don't look the part or look good enough. I found out that a lot of times in the church that those are the most hungry people. The ones that seem to have it all together know they have it all together. And they come in, and there was once a hunger there. But that hunger sometimes, and I've been there, that hunger sometimes is not acted upon. Sometimes that hunger, it, it dies out. They, they, they stop recognizing it. They become comfortable. They become comfortable in their own own clothes and comfortable as, as, because they, they know that it's available for them. But just knowing it's available to you doesn't make you partake it. Knowing that it's available for you doesn't mean that you put your foot in front of the other and partake what God has for you at the table. So sometimes it's those people that just become a little desperate. Maybe just are a little crazy. just Maybe that that know that if they don't eat, they're going to die. Hunger, this is the amazing thing it can do for you what talents, what giftedness, what those things cannot do for you, hunger can do for you. Hunger is what Jesus is looking for. Hunger is what God is desiring. When someone is seeking after God, if they are not really hungry for him, they're just going through the motions. I don't I've never seen someone that was not hungry be filled. But when I see someone like Leah today who came and just was hungry for God, who was hungry for the next step, who was not satisfied with yesterday, who wasn't satisfied with her old life, who wasn't satisfied with her old story, but she was hungry for God, and so she took a step and watched as God brought the fulfillment. That's the type of people that God are looking for that are not satisfied unless every day they partake of the food that he has, the spiritual food that he has for them. It tells us that one of the four lepers, one of those men as they're laying at the city gate, hungry, hungry and desperate, they were They're just looking for just some scraps and trying to make it through. It tells us that one of them got just a little dissatisfied with that life. He got a little dissatisfied with that way he was living. And he looked to his neighbor and said, I cannot stay here another day. I know I'm a leper. I know I'm an outcast. I know my life is falling apart. I can't take it. Another day. I can't take another year like this year. I can't take another moment like this moment. Uh, uh, Why? Why sit here? Why sit here and die? Why sit here and perish? Why? Yes, I know that there is an enemy on the outside that's, that's ready to take us down. I know that on the inside, we're outcasts, we're, we're marginalized. They won't even let us in. I know that the odds are not stacked well against us. In every direction, there is an enemy. Everywhere we look, we are not accepted. Everywhere we turn, there's not open arms. Uh, but, but, but if we stay here, we're not doing any better. Because if we stay here, we're going to perish. If we stay here... We're gonna die. So we might as well do something. We might as well do change what we do. Cause if we do the same thing over and over and expect a different result, we're crazy. We're insane. And so they said, I will arise. I'm not staying here any longer, they said. I'm not sitting at a gate and dying. And I just wish that somebody under the sound of my voice today that has just been in that place and you feel like there is an enemy out there that is trying to to step on your life and trying to destroy you, but, but you don't and it's just surrounding you. You've maybe tried to turn and go back into the city. You've tried to go to someone, and you've sought after help, and and maybe they, they, they weren't the best help, and maybe they were disloyal, and maybe they, they made you harden up a little bit, and maybe maybe you weren't quite as accepted there, and so you feel like from the inside you're not accepted, and from the outside you're not accepted, and you feel stuck. I wish if that was you today, that you would just arise in your spirit and say, I, I can't stay in the same place anymore. If I go into the city, maybe maybe you've never spoken to someone in the church for help, but maybe in your mind you're thinking they're not going to accept me. Maybe in your mind you're thinking if they really knew, if they really knew, they really knew what I was feeding on, that they really knew that I I started valuing Dove's dung as a delicacy. If they really knew that, would they still love me? Would they still accept me? And first of all, I'm just here to tell you, I speak, speak this by faith, that across this church there are people that in whatever condition you are in, Will love you and love you and love you, that will put their arms around you, that will that will help you in any way. I hope that we're a church that, that loves people. I hope that we're a church that is about people. Our mission is to lead people into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's in whatever condition they're in. That doesn't it doesn't matter the clothes that are on their body, whether they're in a suit or whether they're just in whatever they could find, it doesn't matter how they look. We're here to help people, aren't we? Uh, can I get a better hey, man? In that, we're here to help people. We're here to encourage people. That hunger, though, it drove them somewhere. And in, in their story, they knew they couldn't go back where they once were in days gone by. But they knew they had to do something. So they got up. They said, why sit here? So they got up, and they took a step. They took a step. They took a step into the unknown. Like, like Abraham, who, who made a step, not even knowing where he was going. He put one foot in front of the other and said, "If God, if you're leading me here, I'm going to follow where you're leading me. And these men, they didn't know what was out there, but they... They knew that there was going to be an enemy out there. And I'm here to tell you, if you decide to take a step, you do have an enemy that is coming after you. But I'm also here to tell you that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is the God who loves you, who is inside of you, than the enemy that that has has got his his focus on you. It's like Jesus told Peter. He said, "The, the devil's... He wants to sift you as dirt. He wants to make, ground you up like powder. But he said, I have prayed for you, Peter. I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And that same promise is for every single one of us. That when the enemy comes against you, that your faith fail not. But you just keep on putting one step in front of another that you're not satisfied with staying still. You're not satisfied with eating donkey's heads. You're not satisfied with eating dove's dung. You're going to put one foot in front of the other. I believe that today, I believe today can be a, a new day for someone. I I really believe that. I, I don't just say that. I believe today that, that that maybe you're here and there's a part of you there's a part of you that wants to sit here at this table but you don't see the path there i think that's where people struggle is that is that there's a part of them that wants to take a seat at the lord's table but the enemies messed them up so much and convinced them of lies so much that they don't see the path. They don't see the way back home. And and also, I'm, I'm aware that maybe there's some in here today that are just here. And you're not, I mean, you love God, but You live your your life and you don't find yourself desiring Him. In other words, you exist throughout your week and feel like you're good without God. Maybe you don't even realize you do it, but I'm asking you, how, how much have you prayed this week? How much have you spent time by yourself in worship? I'm not talking about Sundays and I'm not talking about Wednesdays. I'm talking about Tuesdays and Mondays and Thursdays. How much time have you spent with God? Because if I think that I really need Him, then I'm going to make it a part of my life to spend time with Him. If I think I need his food to survive, I'm going to eat his food. But I think some of I think some of God's people, without even realizing it, without even realizing it, have substituted the things of God for some donkeys' heads. And you don't even know it. And because you don't even know it, you think, well, how do I get rid of it? And we make it a lot harder than it really is. Now, I understand that the bonds of addiction and the bonds of habits are strong. I've been there. I've been there. But I absolutely believe that if you are eating donkey's heads and you're eating it every day, that every day you push the donkey head away, that a little bit of that craving, a little bit of that desire, maybe just a little bit at first, that, that's going to start eroding away. It's like if you're eating fast food all the time and and when you're eating it, you think this this tastes good. You convince yourself this is good. But has anybody ever done this where you stop eating it and you replace it with good foods and about a month later you say, you drive by McDonald's and you say, oh, I can't imagine eating it. That. That's going to tear my stomach up if I eat that. I can't imagine putting... I've been eating at Maggiano's and now you want me to eat at Fazoli's? If you've ate at Magiano's, can I get an amen in the house? Every day you stop, when you push back the donkey's head, you know what that does? It creates... It gives room to that spiritual hunger that you once had. That's why fasting is so important. When you push back, when you push back the donkey's head, it, it gets gives a little more room to the things of God. And every inch you push that, that donkey's head back, it gives just a little more room for the things of God. And, and one day your plate was filled and you were satisfied with the donkey's head. But I'm here to tell you, if you push back the donkey's head, eventually, once again, you will remember and you will crave and you will hunger the things that God has for you. You will hunger that fruit. You will hunger that... You'll remember the day that you were fulfilled and not just filled. You will remember... Those days, you will remember that time, and so I am here encouraging somebody. We don't we don't preach this stuff enough. We don't speak about this stuff enough, and I think it's important because people in our in this culture we deal we, we struggle with this in, in an age where there there's where there's no restraint, and when there's when when we we've, we've we've torn down the walls that once once prohibited the donkey's head to get in. And we, we tore down the roof that once, that once blocked the dove's dung to enter into our homes. In a day where we're, everything, we just allow it in. I'm here to preach a message to say, push the donkey's head away from your table. Don't allow the dove's dung to rest on your plate. And when you push those things out of your life, when you get rid of the donkey's head, when you get it and you push it out of your house, it's time we, we maybe go through our homes a little bit and, and, and we, we, we think about what we let in. It's times, that, I think it's time, this is an old school message, but I think it's time that once again we monitor what we watch. I think we, it's time that we monitor what we read. It's time we monitor what we allow to come in because whatever comes in, if you allow the donkey's head in your life, a donkey's head is going to come out of your life. If you allow dove's dung to enter in, it's going to come out. And it's going to be stinky. But when you kick the donkey's head out of your house, I believe that there is going to be a hunger that rises in this house. I believe that there's a hunger that will arise in your home. There will be something that arises that says, I, I want to eat at the king's table again. I want to eat of the blessings of God again. Last week in closing, We talked about the prodigal son. And I ask you this question. What is it that got him out of the pig pen? Does anyone know? What was it that drove the prodigal son back to his father's house? What was it that made him come home? It wasn't the smell of the stench. It wasn't the disappointment of the friends that had abandoned him. It wasn't the filth that he was in. But in Luke 15, 17, it tells us that he asked himself this question. It says that when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare? He said, And I perish with what? With hunger. My father's hired servants. They have bread enough to eat. They have meat enough to eat. They have pure water to drink. And I'm in the pig's pen. Eating the things that the pigs won't even eat. I'm eating, you could say, that donkey's head. I'm eating the dove's dung. I'm eating those things. And there came a moment where he got just dissatisfied with what he was eating. And he pushed those things away. He was lying there in the filth, lying there as an outcast, as a man who wasted his substance and wasted his blessing and wasted his inheritance. And he was left as a shell of a boy. He was left with a poor reputation, putting in things of his life that one day in his father's house he never thought he would put in his life. He was eating things that he never thought he would eat, but he came to himself because he was hungry. Not because he smelled bad. Not because of those things. He came to himself because he was starving. He was hungry. He was desperate. I just wish the church of the living God would get a little more desperate. I wish that we would be a people that lived continuously hungry after God. That we did not become satisfied from the meal of yesterday. That breakfast spiritually doesn't satisfy us. That, that every day we live with this hungry say, with this hunger saying, God, I want more of you. God, I desire more of what you have for me. God, I desire you more than I desire the, the donkey's head, more than I desire the dove's dung. God, I want you more than any of those things. And when that prodigal son When he remembered what was on the plate in his father's house. When he remembered what even the servants got to eat. It says that he arose. And he put one foot down in front of the other. You know the story. Down the road he went. Down the road one more step. One more step. And he saw the table afar off I believe. The whole time he was remembering what was on that table. And he was thinking you know uh, I remember what was in, in, in my, my kitchen table in, in the dining room of the house. But he's thinking, I, don't, I know I'm not going to get that stuff. But, but man, am I excited for that servant's meal. Man, am I excited for the day-old leftovers. Man, am I excited for those things. And, and he, was, he, he started walking home. But when he got about home, his father saw him a long way off and he ran to him and he put a robe around him and a ring on him and he said, you know what, son, you don't have to be, you you don't have to sit at the servant's table. You don't have to take up of the day old leftovers. I've got a seat in my table for you. I've got a place that is unoccupied. Son, come home and take a seat in my table. Come home, son, and eat of the great things that I have for you. Eat of the blessings eat of the anointing eat of the things that I have for you and I'm here to tell you that, that invitation is available to every single one in this house today the Father sees you a long way off you may be in the pig pen you may be down the road but you have a Father who loves you you have a God who sees you you have a God who makes the best available for you Because he created you. He made you. He did not make junk and he does not want junk in your life. You don't have to be satisfied with the secondary. You don't have to be satisfied with the servant's meal. God has created something for you. It is the king's meal and it is available to you. And the only way you get there The only way you go from the pig's pen to the the king's table, to the father's house, is saying the same question, asking yourself the same question that those lepers asked themselves and said, why sit here? I believe it's the same question that the prodigal son asked himself. Why sit here? In the pig's pen, why sit here and die? Why sit here? Folks, God is coming home soon. I believe that the day is coming close. I believe the day is approaching and your tomorrow is not promised. Your tonight is not promised. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here as a messenger today, imploring you not to sit still and die. Don't be satisfied with the scraps of a donkey's head. Don't be satisfied with the leftovers of Dove's dung. But I'm preaching to somebody today. And I've prayed for somebody today and believed for somebody today that someone on this Sunday morning would say, you know what? I'm not staying here. I'm getting up and I'm walking by faith. I'm putting one foot in front of another. I'm stepping into the unknown because I don't know exactly the way home, but I do know that there is uh, food available. Uh, And what you thought the enemy was occupying, what you thought thought the enemy was, was hoarding over, I'm here to tell you that the Lord has made a way for you and that table that the, that the generals of the, of the Syrians were once occupying, with the generals of the enemy were once occupying the Lord has drove them out and there is a buffet line available for you, there is a buffet table for you but you're not going to get there unless you're hungry and you allow that hunger To propel you forward. Hunger will propel you forward into your destiny. And I'm here to ask us how hungry, how hungry for God are we?